0: Welcome to Have You Seen This, the world's only podcast about obscure, overlooked, and misbegotten visual media. All discussions will be spoiler heavy, you have been warned.
1: To Have You Seen This. I'm Jennifer Albright.
0: And I'm Tim Heiderick.
1: Before we get started, I'd like to shout out a new patron, Ben. Thank you, Ben, for supporting the show. If you want to join Ben and a handful of other fine people, you can go over to patreon.com slash haveyouseenthis, and for only $2 a month, get to see all our bonus shit.
0: It's more than just a handful. I mean, we are legion.
1: Yeah, two handfuls, three.
0: Yeah, two, yeah, two, two big scoops of... <laughs> Fans on Patreon. Two
1: scoops of patrons. Yes. And we just got sued. Anyway. (laughs) who? The two scoops of raisins committee.
0: Okay. Well, yeah, I like to thank all of our patrons because we are still one of the few podcasts called Have You Seen This? (laughs) And we know that you have a lot of choices for podcasts called Have You You Seen seen this? This? And we appreciate your patronage.
1: And the sad part is that he isn't even kidding. Anyway. Uh, For this episode, we're going to be talking about some obsolete media and some obsolete movies.
0: Great. Yeah, (laughs) not one movie per se, but a particular format slash genre, I guess.
1: Look, I'll level with you guys. We melted our brains last night watching several straight-to-video horror movies.
0: For this episode, we're going to cover uh, shot on video or SOV horror. Of which uh, I've been exposed to uh, maybe a dozen or so of them, and I just find them weirdly compelling uh, from their, I don't know, lo-fi, just disgusting aesthetic.
1: Yeah, you're kind of the expert um, because you're very familiar with a lot of these, and some of these I hadn't really watched all the way through.
0: Yeah, well, part of it is from um, watching B Movie TV about 16 hours a day.
1: Shouts out B Movie TV.
0: Yeah, a a great resource for just an endless stream of crap. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And yeah, like we aren't even paid to say that. It's just I am that, you know obsessed with it. We um, really
1: are obsessed with this fucking Roku channel. If you have a Roku, I know we say it all the time, but get a fucking Roku and watch B-movie TV. Yeah,
0: for real. It's it's one of the best uh, B-movie channels that you're going to find.
1: Just a buffet of trash.
0: Yeah. Um, and on there, I mean, I've come across uh, a variety of interesting, disgusting, weird uh horror movies that all share the same aesthetic which is they're all shot on video
1: well most of them right right (laughs) Uh. (laughs) actually this is kind of funny because what you were saying to me is we should do an episode on shot on video horror and here's a list that i dug up from somewhere i think it was a it was an article on some you know i think it was it was some website or another and so to that end, we started a real banger, um, "Truth or Dare," a critical madness. And as soon as it started, I looked at it and I said, "This wasn't shot on video."
0: Yeah, which is unfortunate because, <laughs> and, and, and you're, you're not saying it right because it is—it's Truth or Dare, a critical madness. Um, yeah, and that one is—it's—it just—it you can't guess where it's going to end up from where it starts. It's just that off the wall. Um, and yeah, it is, uh, it was, Jen looked it up and it is shot on 16 mm-hmm. and, uh,
1: and, um, I guess you would say that, um, the, I don't know if you would call it the cinema. No, you can't call it the cinematographic process because it's not like this was shot in like Todd A.O. or some shit. I mean, it's just, it was shot on, if Only it was shot on 16 and output to videotape and then released direct to video. Um, the yeah, kind of it, movies that we wanted to focus on were the movies which were shot on actual, literal video.
0: Yeah, it shares the same spirit of it, in that it is just this, um, you know, the the difficult thing is trying to describe each of these. Um, well,
1: especially because they kind of melted together in a big mush in my brain, like, they, after several They hours. did. We ran a marathon of these.
0: Like, they're... Um, they're drawing from a list, uh, these are all worth checking out, and we weren't able to get to all of them, so we won't be able to discuss all of them. But um, there, uh, first off, there's uh, uh, Crazy Fat Ethel, uh, the sequel of which, Criminally Insane 2, was shot on video.
1: Which was discussed on Red Letter Media.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Jen did not have the pleasure of watching that, but um, it is very much of the SOV aesthetic. Um, In that we, it looks like shit? Yeah, and that, yeah just... I, I don't even know where to start. Um, well, uh, I can we,
1: give you. Um, well, do you want to do you want to give the list of uh, what our options were?
0: Yeah, uh, Streets of Death um, by uh, is from the uh, Jeff Hathcock um, uh, joint.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> More like Jeff half-cocked Yeah, yeah What uh, hath jeff cocked
0: Exactly <laughs> uh, Yeah, so he did Streets of Death and Night Ripper, exclamation point
1: Which are pretty much the same fucking movie
0: Right, yeah um, there's...
1: Um, Night Ripper's a little better um, Night Ripper was 1986, Streets of Death was 1988
0: um, And It's kind of a shame that, you know, his later work is not as uh, groundbreaking as his earlier stuff <laughs>
1: um, I
0: think Jeff just ran out of steam.
1: Well, there are a couple things that I want to say about these films. Um, They're both about lunatics who kill women, because that is very important to the straight-to-video genre. I mean, it...
0: Apparently. It
1: it gets videos flying off shelves. Right, yeah. And Uh, um, what's really funny is to... Well, let me put it another way. Uh, This... I don't remember if it was Streets of Death or Night Ripper that was playing on B-Movie TV, and uh, Tim and I happened to be watching at the same time in in separate locations. And, you know, frequently we'll text each other about whatever weirdness we're we're laying our eyes on at the time. And either Night Ripper or Streets of Death, uh, Tim texted me and was like...
0: It was Streets of Death.
1: Yeah. Streets of Death. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when you watch a movie and Tim's reaction to it is, you know... This is kind of misogynistic. Like you really need to think about your life.
0: Yeah, it's like if if Tim <laughs> says this is kind of misogynistic, it is really misogynistic.
1: Because to be honest, and you know, I Tim probably has a higher tolerance than I do, but you know, I I'm, I'm pretty tolerant when it comes to, you know, trash and porn and, you know, other genres intended to Yeah,
0: I take all comers. I don't Yeah.
1: Exactly. It's like you recognize you recognize uh, trash for what it for what it is. You recognize titillation for what it is, yeah, well, basically. Well the thing titillation. Yeah.
0: Well the thing of it is that I only really only just realize about myself is um I
1: I hate women. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've known that since uh since college. <laughs> um, I've got a great subreddit for you. No, uh the the thing that I realize uh which is really um this is and and this is kind of metatextual in a way, this is a key to understanding me, and that the thing that I realize that I'm doing on this is, you know, I have, you know, my master's is in, um, uh, is in visual arts, but my bachelor's is in psychology. And, um, the way that I'm approaching these films is not as a, uh, art or film critic. It's approaching it as a, you know, as a psychologist, I guess, for lack of a better term. And the thing that I find most interesting about, uh, these movies is not what their overt content is, but what it, what the subconscious uh, intentions are behind them. Uh, it's sort of like, um, you know, if you wanted to go into like dream analysis, like the things that you're dreaming about aren't really the things that you're thinking about. They're metaphors for some deeper subtext, and it's usually the things that they signify, the way that you feel about certain things those are what these signifiers are there to represent. So the same that so I'm taking that same approach watching these films not saying what is this movie about but it's saying what is this movie telling us about the filmmaker. <laughs> so, when I'm watching Streets of Death or Night Ripper, I am just I I'm beside myself trying to um trying to discern what the motivation is of the sort of person who makes that movie. <laughs> and I realize that that is kind of a judgmental like angle to take w- with it. I mean there's been plenty of hysteria about like what kind of person makes this kind of movie and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But, it's
1: certainly something that we've talked about on the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to. Um, I don't want to, you know, necessarily uh, tar the filmmakers by saying, "Oh, they must be a misogynist for making this misogynistic movie." I mean,
1: obviously, he yeah. wants to kill women. I,
0: yeah, I mean, clearly, like you know, there's, you know, for example, there's. I'm sure there there are multitudes to Lars von Trier beyond him just, you know, being a, a raging misogynist. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we stand. Yeah, well, yeah. I stand. Right, right. Um, but. Um, uh, but but the thing that that I take away from seeing movies like Streets of Death and Night Ripper is that there is um, I I suspect that there is some uh, creative notion behind why these films are made. Uh, Jeff Hathcock could have made any film he wanted. Like out of the entire <laughs> breadth of human experience, he could make a film about anything. He could make. Um, Like, you know, he could do a shot on video, uh, what, marriage story. (laughs) But he didn't. He made one about um, two, like, a a duo of filmmaking perverts who kill prostitutes.
1: Yeah, it's two pastel soy boys who come across as extremely gay, but actually murder women. Yeah, and it's like... Which, you know, doesn't... Preclude people from murdering women. Right, right. And uh, yeah, and it's just,
0: you know, I mean, there are a lot of good reasons to murder women. Uh, but what, but yeah. But between those.
1: You can't live with them, you can't kill them, and you can't make a street to video horror film about them.
0: Well, that's the thing. You can. And that's, I mean, if, if I'm going to project, you know, project motivations onto a person I, you know, hand to God, do not know a single thing about, mm-hmm. then I can say, yeah, you can't do these things, but you can do them in a movie. Which is why, um, you know, like the like, as you pointed out, the very first shot of truth or dare has tits in it. There's um there are <laughs> Oh yeah that's There right. are yeah there are dis- <laughs>
1: But they were shot on sixteen millimeters, so they're not relevant to yeah, this the Yeah, so it doesn't count.
0: <laughs> yeah. So but there's um uh but there are recurring themes of um you know, just these marginalized, disposable women being put in bondage situations. That's just like, you know, you could have chosen to make this movie about anything, and you chose to be like, I want to do a thing about um, perverted guys getting to mutilate women. <laughs> and it, just like, that is interesting why you would choose to do that.
1: It is funny because you you um, you know, you and I joke about getting the, that vibe off the Jeff Hathcock yeah. films. Um, the one that kind of got me feeling that way was Spine from yep. 1986 again about a maniac who murders women.
0: Right, and it's it's easy to get them all confused.
1: Oh god, they're the same they're the same fucking movie. Yeah. But the thing about Spine is that and I don't know if maybe it's because and again like we're we're being totally unfair and making presumptions, but right. in Spine um, I believe the director was forced by circumstances to take a lead role in the film. So um, kind of the, the skinny pervert-looking guy with the shitty 80s glasses who's mm-hmm. one of the detectives. That's actually the director. Mm. And, again, completely projecting, but do you remember, like, as we were watching Spine, I just turned you and I said, that guy has, like, frustrated Dom energy, like, all over him. Right. I mean, <laughs> th- I, th- that that guy definitely has a lot of, like, Bondage in his porn collection. Yeah. And I believe it has informed his filmmaking. <laughs> because
0: yeah, so that's
1: that, that's how the movie comes across. Yeah,
0: and that's that really is because yeah, there is um bondage in Spine. There's um bondage in uh Streets of Death. Uh Night Ripper I not so much. That's more about um that that's misogyny of a different color, but it's not it's not important. <laughs> Are there um,
1: um are there sex workers in Night Ripper? Or is he just killing... No.
0: Uh, I mean, he's killing models, which is, you know, like, it's, it's just a cut above sex yeah worker, That's really. right, yeah, yeah, I forgot.
1: And yeah, in the in the panoply of women as objects, um, you know, a model is, that, like, half a step above.
0: Yeah, women as objects is definitely, worker. like, the recurring theme in these.
1: <laughs> yeah, because literally, all these, um, you, you know, not only do all these movies have themes of, you know, violence against women, but it's violence against, as you pointed out, and again, when... Tim is making the um the male gaze feminist arguments. Like your movie is not subtle. Um in this is um, way
0: beyond the pale.
1: Yeah, like in um in uh Spine and uh, sorry, what was the Streets movie that of I was Death? gonna mention? Yeah, cause Streets of Death is about is it's it's prostitutes being killed. Mm-hmm. Um and in kind of the the outlier of the films that we actually watched, uh, "Fatal Images," which introduces a supernatural element, there is also um, a theme of women modeling and being killed. Yeah, because,
0: it, it starts with another. Yeah, uh, no, you know, you what know it "Fatal is? Images" starts with a woman in a model in bondage being murdered.
1: And you know what it is? It's because these were, an you know, again, like extrapolating unfairly, but you know, if you have. Um, People making films, you know, obviously, especially at the time, they're going to be interested in analog photography, Mm -hmm. um, which is probably why most of these movies have an element of, you know, certainly it's explicit in Streets of Death filmmaking, but in the other ones, it's photography. Like all of these movies have photographers photographing and sometimes killing beautiful women in them.
0: Yeah, so pretty much the antagonist is the Mary Sue
1: the Gary Stu. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's it's yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, the, uh, the pair
0: of murderers in um, Streets of Death are, are filmmakers. A documentary film. Yeah, they're documentary. Yeah, <laughs> ma- yeah filmmakers. Night Ripper. Um, that is. It's a. It's it's, it's models. A,
1: oh yeah, and there's a photographer whose wife is fucking around on him.
0: It's well the. Probably, I don't remember that part.
1: Because Night Ripper is the one at the soup Nazi, right?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I know. We're uh, kind of bearing the lead. Yeah, uh, Larry
1: if, Thomas, a.k.a. the soup Nazi from Seinfeld, is in Night Ripper.
0: Yeah, and Night Ripper, I mean, I think I I actually have an affinity for Night Ripper. It's I mean, better
1: than Streets of Death. Right. Streets uh, uh, of Death is just gross.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that that's really the thing that I find, um, uh, un, I don't want to say unsettling, the thing that I find distasteful about these movies is, I think, just how obvious and samey they are. Yes. Like, yeah, there are, um, you know, dark notions in all of us, and there are, you know, creative drives, hopefully, in all of us, you two listeners. Um, but uh, the way that they're expressed just seems so mundane and garden variety in a way that it's it's not interesting beyond it just being shocking or grotesque or exploitative.
1: Well, like a because, lot of uh, direct-to-video and um, exploitation features, it's basically a vehicle for interesting or lurid kills.
0: Lurid, yeah, that's the, the word. Um, and again, like I'm not doing this to say, like you know, Jeff Hathcock is a sex pervert, or like you know, or, <laughs> well, uh, yeah. the guy,
1: the guy from Spine, definitely.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he—he, he, I say, he is, but not Jeff Hathcock. You know, I'm not saying that. You know, he has—he <laughs> has a refrigerator in his garage full of torsos or anything. But I'm saying that, like, he does have these interests. You know, in, well, no, I'm not saying. I, I can't say that he has because I don't know. I can speculate that he does have these motivations. But I guess working from this hypothetical director, um, uh, notion, I think that. Like if if you wanted to engage in BDSM and if you wanted to you have like you know explore your rape fantasies, like maybe just do them rather Mm -hmm. than use the film as like a um like a veil to to avoid directly doing those things.
1: That's right. Tim is saying, go out and rape. Don't make a movie about it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, let your rape flag fly.
1: No. Well, I think um.
0: Well, cuz it seems like the the film is like, I don't know, it's it, it seems like it's sublimating another drive that could better be expressed by being expressed directly.
1: Let me also say this about uh video production in the 80s. Obviously, we're talking about a medium which is less expensive than film. Mm-hmm. Um, videotape is less expensive and a little easier to use than film stock. Mm-hmm. Um and that is why that is one of the reasons why you had this wave of video, uh, straight to video and shot on video horror mm-hmm. in the '80s. Um, there was a great demand for product to fill the shelves of video rental places, and in a lot of cases, um, people who were providing the product realized that it was actually cheaper to make their own, this blows my mind, Mm -hmm. but yes, it was cheaper to produce their own material than license them in many cases. So, you know, I guess you'd spend like what, you know, 25 to 50 grand, uh, you know, make a cheapy slasher film Mm -hmm. on video and, you know, shove it onto a, a, cassette tape, you know, you have to put the tape, that tape goes on the shelves of the rental spot, and somebody pays $2, $2 to rent it, and if it sucks balls, hey, they already spent the money to rent it, and, uh, you know, the video store already bought, you know, they already spend, spent 79 99 or 89 99 to buy the videotape, because yes, that is what commercial videotapes cost
0: Right in uh, the 80s. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I think... So, you know, you got paid...
1: And you're not, you weren't creating art, but um, I don't know, maybe you had to make something, uh, you know, to uh, maintain your interest while you're making it. And that's the thing, again, all these movies being about photographers and filmmakers, yeah. It's it, like a it, half step from <laughs> what the what the makers were doing. Yeah, you know? it's, it's
0: really just that so so little creative thought went into it beyond these are things that I like and I think that I can make a lured movie about it.
1: Yeah, not to mention like if you are an aspiring filmmaker and you're you're interested in, you know, the horror and slasher genres, like what channels are your mind gonna run along? Yeah. And, you know, who wants to see men getting killed? That's not sexy.
0: Right. Well, I mean, there's a whole other angle to that about like what that what is indicated of a woman being in danger versus a man being in danger. Um, yes, that's, so that's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's um,
1: that's something. The whole final girl thing, and yeah, right. we won't bore you.
0: Right. Well, I'll, <laughs> well, I'll give you the the, the short version. The soup and,
1: Nazi does get killed though.
0: Right. Uh, Spoilers. Yeah. Well, I, g- I will you give can't you. can't
1: spoil these fucking movies. They're so stupid. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, they're wrote. Well, I will give you the short version. A um, a girl in trouble is something to be protected. A, man... a temporary thing. Yes. Yes. Uh, a man in trouble is a guy who needs to get his shit together.
1: Oh yeah, you're going back to the to why we see women right. on screen killed. Then
0: yeah, than yeah, men. which is again like there's you know th- that's a great double standard for you. Um yeah cuz it's like a guy getting killed. What a fucking pussy.
1: That's interesting because um you know it's like you think of deliverance. Yeah. And you know um what makes that movie so shocking. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, cuz it's like well this isn't supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, like imperiled men and it certainly explores themes of Yeah. you know male you know anxiety and helplessness and
0: Right, yeah. So strength. And, yeah, so if you wanted to put some extra omnificance here sov horror movie you could try something like that something beyond just like the rote obviousness of it um and and one of the other things too is uh putting thematic content aside let's just talk about production and that it isn't just that it's shot on video it is shot with poor audio and lighting and so many other just cut rate things because these are just you know garbage video you just made for, you know, the rental house.
1: Yeah, and um sorry, before you jump onto that mm-hmm. uh particular topic, I want to vent about something very frustrating to me. Okay. Um <laughs> so hold that thought. Mm. What frustrated me while researching for this episode is that I could not figure out definitively exactly what people were shooting on, at least the movies that we're talking about. Okay. Um the now, certainly, digital video is the industry at this point. It's rare, I believe it's rarer to shoot on film than to, you know, certainly for mm-hmm. independent productions. Um, and, you know, what you do when you make a movie these days is you go and you rent uh, a professional camera.
0: Yeah, they were shooting on SLP. <laughs> Only 80s have, kids will understand. You never have to change a tape.
1: Well, you know, like, how else are you going to fit three episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 onto one VHS tape?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, it Perfectly fits four episodes of SNL.
1: So I assumed that while making these productions, you know, you get, you go and you rent, pro gear mm-hmm. correct and you know you do see, we, uh, see. there's
0: your there's your problem yeah, we,
1: we did see a boom mic in frame yeah at one point <laughs> which, um
0: how else are you gonna know it's there if you don't see it,
1: it which was honestly shocking because all these movies sound like they're recorded with like in camera audio yeah the
0: camera and the, yeah but
1: that's what confounds me is like i and again being a nerd it's like i'm curious about what they what the fuck they were shooting on and is you know tim pointed out to me that um you know early on in um you know video and film production or, you know, relatively early. Mm-hmm. Um, one movie that was shot on a camcorder, an actual consumer camcorder, a Canon a Canon XL1, um, was 28 Days Later, Yeah, which, you know, definitely adds to the aesthetic yeah, of the fits. film. Um, I can't figure out if on these movies they were shooting on, you know, camcorders, mm-hmm. you know, consumer-grade camcorders, if they went out and they got like a pro- video camera, because pro-video did exist at the time. Mm. Um, I believe the first feature film um, shot on, well, I can't verify this either. Um, One of the first uh, movies shot, features entirely shot on video and then later transferred to film for theatrical release was uh, Julia and Julia with um I think that had Kathleen Turner and sting, and that would have been in the late mid to late eighties, okay um now obviously you know these were just shot on video and then dumped to video
0: right well, they're probably shot on um uh but
1: um sorry I'm sorry, but um the Julian and Julia again, that was shot on a pro camera um the sony h d v s now Jeff Hathcock <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: did not. I don't believe that he got, like, a professional-grade high-def video camera.
0: Well, you, no, they were probably shot on professional cameras like what TV news would use. I mean, that's professional video, and it was readily available, and it was easy and cheap to edit. But the point that I was making earlier is that not only do they look like garbage, they sound like garbage, and they star people who are not actors, and they are not well-lit, and they are really cut-rate. Um, and it all is befitting of a theme of, you know, talking about how, uh, Night Ripper and Streets of Death and Spine are all very obvious adaptations of whatever, um, uh, uh, creative motivation these, uh, directors had. And they didn't go that extra layer deeper to abstract or, um, I don't know. Maybe mask their original intentions. They're just like, "Hey, you know, uh, nudity and you know, sex and violence and serial killers, you know, are will get people to rent these videos." So it's just to make it about that. There's no further thought put into it. It seems. Um, In the same way that uh, I don't shot on video horror seems to be a signifier of that lack of. uh, nuance, or attention to detail, or, um, or or further further work put into something, and I think that the the notion that it's shot um, on video uh, shows those things, and that you aren't going to put a lot of money into you know sound or lighting or casting or you know makeup or effects or anything, and then just shoot it on whatever. Um, professional grade video camera you have, if you were going to make a legitimate movie, you probably wouldn't have shot it on video in the first place. So that it is shot on video is fitting of a certain low, no budget aesthetic.
1: Nice thesis, nerd.
0: You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I mean
1: you're right, and and um, but you know I really feel like in a lot of cases this is a function of the the ease and cheapness of yeah the medium. Yeah,
0: it's, yeah. I mean, showing that it is shot on video does mean that it's cheap, and you knowing that you can get a better sense of what you're going to get. Like you're going to get something that is unvarnished id, because to put any more effort into um, uh. uh Dressing it up as something other than just being like, hey, you think that we can hire a woman and we can get her to show her boobs and we can tie her up? Uh,
1: I believe it is... Un-
0: under the pretense of we're making a movie.
1: It's art, baby. Yeah. Um, it believe- I believe it is an actual trivia item on Fatal Images that the lead actresses talked the director out of including their breasts.
0: You know, that's only going to hurt rentals. <laughs> I was just saying.
1: I mean, like you said, Truth or Dare doesn't fuck around. The titties are in the very first shot. The very first shot is uh, of a woman cucking her husband Right? some yeah. guy.
0: Yeah, and, and I don't know. Maybe like that uh, Truth or Dare was shot on film does show a commitment to it, but I think that maybe shooting on video shows a lack of commitment as it um, just being... You know, just... Uh, bottom-of-the-barrel garbage (laughs) just something that like we didn't put any more effort into this than we absolutely had to
1: that's a really good question and you know especially because in particular um you know the two jeff hathcock films uh night ripper and streets of death i mean like they literally reuse shots and characters i don't mean the same footage but um like the same shot composition like for example in both films there's a shot of there's a shot of police uh looking down on a victim from, like, a, an extreme low angle, you know, like, mm-hmm. corpse POV. Um, that's in both films. Um, both films feature the same hard-bitten detective played by the same guy, with and he has the same name. It is the same fucking character. It's the Jeff Hathcock expanded universe.
0: Yeah, well... um well, you know, it was, it was nice of that actor to be game enough to be like, yeah, you know, I guess if I keep plugging away, maybe this uh, Hathcock fellow will go somewhere.
1: <laughs> he, was, he thought he was making a TV pilot. Could be. Oh, boy, we've got two episodes in the can already.
0: Yeah, wow. So it's, it's about this uh, grizzled uh, old detective and all the uh, serial <laughs> killers that he comes across.
1: So, did we, um, did we corral everything we were talking about? Basically, um...
0: Well, we have a ton of stuff more that we haven't even gotten to. Well, also
1: um, stuff that we haven't even watched.
0: Well, stuff that you haven't watched. I've seen all of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, um, for the audiences, there, are there any of those that you want to highlight that really stuck with you, or...?
0: I mean, I'd, well, yeah, I mean, I have a whole list, because uh, it wasn't just, you know, Streets of Death, Night Ripper, Spine, um, and Fatal Images, uh, you know, Tetrafecta. <laughs>
1: yeah. Do you remember when they called that alien box set that? That was dumb. Yeah. The quadrilogy.
0: Quadrilogy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I mean, those those movies are all definitely of a type. Um. And, I, I mean, I I know I opened this episode saying you know Jeff Hathcock is a um uh rapist misogynist. is um, <laughs> a pervert. A yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I'm not. I I'm not.
1: We're not literally saying that.
0: Right, yeah. I'm I'm not saying that and I'm and we're saying the
1: guy has dark imagination. No, I'm saying no, even if
0: even if that is the case, I'm not denigrating him for that thing. I'm saying just be be what you are. Like if you wanna make a movie about that, like yes, go ahead, but I mean make a good movie about it. Like if you wanna revel in your particular fetishes, I mean that's fine for you, but you don't have to like subject your audience to 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 I don't know. An opening shot with, you know, like Uma Thurman's feet on the dashboard or something. <laughs> or no, it wasn't Uma Thurman, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, but what I'm sa- that's that's a cul-de-sac because then that um feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying that like where does where does that end? And that like um uh that path of logic just kind of undermines itself, so that's not even worth putting in there. Um no, I'm saying it, it isn't Bad that he um, expresses these impulses through film. I'm saying the uh, mastery of them is maybe the issue. That's not it either. What am I trying to say?
1: Master of no. I'm saying that like you mean his mastery of or lack thereof of the form.
0: Yeah. I'm. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to like again, like taking taking the stance that these are the dark impulses of the director that he is that he chooses to express through his work i think that it isn't enough for him to just revel in his fetishes without the notion of um entertaining the audience i think that if you just skate by on saying this is just enough for me to be satisfied in what i'm doing that that is really that's the thing that i take issue with more than the content because the content is what it is mm-hmm. but i think that if if you aren't making if there's no purpose to it other than like i don't know to like get you off i guess in a way that that kind of you know denigrates it more to porn because porn has a particular purpose which is this is just a thing that pushes my buttons and if you're going to make if you're going to try to make a like a legitimate piece of art do you just do something that says oh this pushes my buttons and that's good enough and i think that that's the thing that i take issue with more than more than the content because i don't take issue with the content it's just like people make what they want to make mm-hmm. but it's like i don't Weird. but but it's like bring some bring something for the audience uh, not assuming that they're necessarily 100 percent on the same page as you because if they're not then it's just the audience watching the director just get themselves off
1: well yeah and a couple things about that is that um certainly night ripper and streets of death um you know as i said they're like extremely samey and repetitive yeah um they repeat uh, kind of the same themes
0: yeah of, they're easy to get mixed up
1: and i mean when i see themes that's really stretching it because there really are no themes apart from violence against women except Mm -hmm. with the twist quote-unquote that the killer in Night Ripper is actually a woman
0: right yeah well I mean that isn't even uh that that's beside the point because all of them follow the same format of you know marginalized objects being killed um until it culminates in the bad guys and the good guys facing off and then the the story is resolved, and like that's all there is to it. That's why it's so easy to get all these confused because Streets of Death ends with our um, our duo of uh, perverted filmmakers um, getting killed by the police. Night Ripper, I I actually really like because it has the ending of because um, you're a pervert. Yes, um, <laughs> no, it it is um, the the soup Nazi photographer um, confronting the um, the jealous girlfriend. Um, at a um a model shoot and then the jealous girlfriend getting killed ironically by a mannequin which I thought was great I thought that was a great twist um spine the killer gets sh- killed by a cop um truth or dare the but well, truth or dare I mean
1: again please disregard it was yeah. not in video yeah I know it's t- you yeah, we shouldn't <laughs> even be discussing this
0: um god we're going to get so much ang- angry emails about this um <laughs> Uh, but next
1: week horror shot on sixteen. yes. <laughs>
0: um, but yeah, truth or dare is just it's an endless like repeating series of vignettes of the guy going crazy and getting like violently injured being sent to a mental hospital and then released.
1: Honestly, it's one of the funniest fucking movies I've ever seen. Yeah, it's great. It is so funny.
0: yeah, if only it was shot on video, we could be talking about it, but just <laughs> just ignore it completely, just erase it from your memory. And then,
1: um, and don't forget Fatal Images, which uh, ends with the female protagonist confronting a supernatural killer.
0: Right. Yeah. With
1: the help of fake George Decay. Right. George yeah. Fake A.
0: Well, you know, there's there's more than one Asian actor. Just saying. <laughs> no, there no. isn't. Shut up. There's George Decay and not George Decay. Got it. So yeah, and they all exist like kind of along. They they all follow the same format. They do. Um, exist along a continuum they they are variations on a theme the first is just straight up there are serial killers killing sex workers then it is a a woman killer killing models a lesbian yeah well that's how you know she's mentally which is in uh in
1: 1986 was quite piquant
0: right i'm sure there was something at the time like you know dress to kill probably came out already
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, early '80s,
0: right? Um, Like in fact, 1980. I want to say. Well, there you go. uh, Spine. It is what? No, it's just a a guy who kills women. He's
1: obsessed with vertebrae.
0: Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Oh Um, man! And that
1: it it it. As Tim pointed out to me as we're watching it, um, the movie hinges on a. Use uh, of early computer databases, which is right. fucking dumb. Yeah, it's it, like he changes one search term.
0: Yeah, it, it hinges on a um, on synonyms in a Google search. Um, Google. And, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and then uh, and uh, fatal images being a supernatural version of a is a killer whose essence is trapped inside this goofy camera, who they then kill. Yes. So it's it's all the same thing. There's a person killing women who is then dealt with.
1: Yeah, at least in truth, or dare, like he just kills everyone he meets.
0: Right, but that's not shot on video. We can't talk. Oh, about Oh shit! That yeah, one. that's right. Yeah, okay, yeah.
1: like forget I said that. Um, yeah, the jury will disregard that last piece of testimony. Yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: so yeah, the problem is that they're all kind of samey because I've, they don't seem to have any motivation beyond just this really, um, uh, just cursory content
1: well and also the point that i wanted to make about the shot on video horror and their sameness is that um they like to play with imagery which at the time was probably extremely shocking um leaving aside the fact that they are for the most part not particularly competently shot um
0: right yeah i mean if there were Competently, if they had good cinematography, they wouldn't be made with a video camera. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, and you know, some of them, they're you know, they're like some okay, decently lit or interestingly composed shots in them, but you know, in particular, like, I don't think that I don't think that Jeff Hathcock understood um, the latitude on um, video for capturing light because there are yeah, night shots where you Cannot fucking tell what's going on.
0: Yeah, and it is a, it's an easy mistake to make. It's a rookie mistake that, um, when you're looking out at a scene and thinking that your camera is going to pick it up the way that you see it, like that is completely not that, not the case at all.
1: Yeah, and I, I just can't think of a more boring shot than one car following another at night.
0: Yeah, and there like, are other things like, yeah, um,
1: but again, but you know, before, before we move on from that, I just want to say that, um, you know, these, movies by um kind of um uh, before we move on I want to say that these movies kind of provided they were like they easily provided like a a sort of pornographic imagery like very graphically combining sex with death mm-hmm. um you know and that wasn't anything really new I mean you know Hitchcock was doing it yeah with, but with but Psycho, that it is but...
0: executed with the bare minimum of resources and it shows
1: it's in and yes like it's 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 very crude Mm -hmm. um at the time this was pre internet pornography so um some of the imagery would take it where
0: you can get it yeah yeah. it was
1: was fairly shocking Mm -hmm. um and you know maybe the and not to mention uh this was a time of uh moral panic about um you know it started in britain with video nasties Mm -hmm. um and What really got people terrified was the ready availability of this shocking material. I mean, the fact that you could bring it home with you. Mm -hmm. um, Like, you could rent whatever perverted thing you wanted and, you know.
0: Enjoy it in the the solitude of your own home.
1: Yeah, because, you know, porno theaters are bad enough because, you know, it's blight on a neighborhood. But, Mm -hmm. you know, people bringing
0: yeah salacious
1: media to a private space it's really yeah you know? the call is
0: coming from inside the house kind of situation. yeah,
1: and so to that end, like um a couple of these movies were actually banned in the u k which is which is absolutely hilarious to me because they're they're just such garbage
0: well, I mean <laughs> I'm sure they weren't banned for their artistry, Jen
1: no <laughs> well, I mean you know it's like, oh well you know this isn't this isn't appropriate this is salacious content um and you know, and again, we're watching them in light of um <laughs> you know like in in the year almost twenty twenty like you know uh, after like having destroyed our brains with like years of internet pornography and rotten dot com they just look ridiculous point
0: by comparison at
1: the time they were you know, I keep belaboring the point, but they were shocking,
0: right, so one of the ones that we didn't get around to <laughs> is um. Unmasked Part 25, which is a real departure from the other, um, the, the previous four movies that we had seen.
1: Part 25?
0: I'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so Streets of Death, Night Ripper, Spine, um, Fatal Images, they're all of a type. You can watch one of them, you can watch all four of them, you'll get pretty much the same experience out of it. I think that each one does kind of progress a little more. I think that um, Night Ripper is better than Streets of Death. Um, In spite of the fact
1: that it was made before Streets of Death.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, (laughs) Fatal Images is a little bit of a departure in that it does invoke the supernatural and it does have, I mean. And it was
1: 100% made with a fucking consumer camcorder. Right, yeah. It looks like shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's got the same notion of like, you know, the idea behind the ring in it. But yeah, all of these, they are shot, you know, in and around the apartment where the director lives. Um, you know, using locations that the actors have access to, um, with you actors
1: know, that all look the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. Calling in favors from people. I mean, it's. Can I
1: just say how funny it is about fatal images that you cannot tell the female protagonists apart?
0: Yeah, there's like no fewer than three like tall brunettes.
1: Yeah, it's like all thin five ten brunettes shot at two hundred and forty p resolution.
0: Yeah, so it's it's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> like. Have, I mean, this is why, you know, like in porn, like, you know, women are referred to, or like in porn literature, erotica, I guess, women are referred to by like their hair color <laughs> or, you know, like their measurements. Because otherwise it'd be like, oh, she was a tall brunette. and like, Or Wait. whether they're shaved or not. Yeah. Like, which one is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the tall brunette talked to the other tall brunette. Like, already I'm lost. I I can't, <laughs> I can't jack off to this. Um, so, so yeah, those movies are all of a type. And, you know, I've... Um, I've completely speculated on what the motivations are behind you know the people who made them, and it could just be that you know Jeff Hathcock at all were just saying, "Hey, this is the stuff that works. Let's do the bare minimum. Let's not hire a you know uh, a a boom mic operator. Let's you don't not need get, a sound guy. The
1: microphone's right on the camera.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the idea that maybe hey, like you can just point the camera at whatever, and you know, and and get magic." But as we found out, no, you can't. Like it's there's still artistry to it, even if you know prosumer level tools make it more uh readily available, there is still an artistry to it that is missing from a lot of SOB horror. Um but contrasting to that is Unmasked Part 25 that is out of the UK. Um it is a um a satire of slasher movies in that it is about uh, a very um uh uh, a a soft spoken um uh sort of uh introverted serial killer in with like the you know Friday the 13th you know Jason hockey mask who um kills a bunch of uh random britons at a party and then falls in love with a blind woman who doesn't know that he's a deformed serial killer and the two of them have a blossoming romance which it's it's really um the, the the killer himself is really sort of pitiable and it's uh, kind of touching in a way um also shot on video I it's it's more like they try to make a legitimate movie rather than the the four movies that we discussed earlier so that's um but again that's that's one of the movies in this entire uh, cavalcade of shot on video horror. It's
1: cavalcade of shit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um one that we d- weren't able to get to, disgusting space worms eat everyone. That movie <laughs> is that movie is just like it's it's a cinematic headache, but you can find it on YouTube. It's just I I don't know how else to describe it, but it is worth checking out.
1: And thankfully it doesn't involve uh, murdered sex workers or models.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a little more to it than just like the most lazy obvious thing you could think of. Um Let's see, this is incredibly insane. Um, do we want to talk about Hollywood's new blood, or do we just want to play that outro for seven <laughs> minutes?
1: <laughs>
0: can,
1: <laughs> I wonder if I can grab some of that music and insert it.
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, I got a place to insert it. Um, but yeah, well
1: it, that one, that one, that one's basically just um, you know young people in a confined space. Yeah, it's getting a, killed by jellyfish, yeah, Kill right? Yeah,
0: it's a generic slasher. Flick.
1: boy and you want to talk about fucking bottom of the barrel i mean and most of the most of what we've talked about ha- is incredibly artless as yeah that's a good word. cinema um but it, what, what is it called again holly
0: hollywood's new blood <laughs> oh, Ho- hollywood yeah. bows to the flood of new Blood.
1: Yeah, Tim showed me this, and it opens with some kids doing an acting class. You know, twenty-five year old kids, whatever. Yeah. they're there with their acting teacher. They're mm-hmm. in a, I guess, in a cabin in the woods. Because why the fuck not?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know.
1: And I gather that eventually they're all murdered by hillbillies. But mm-hmm. anyway, it really—it's it's
0: a seventy-minute movie, and after the first five minutes, I fast-forwarded sixty minutes or 50, <laughs> fifty-five minutes to get to the good part.
1: Yeah, and this was a case where the, I can only imagine that it went something like this where, you know, they shot the whole thing and then they were transferring everything to tape. And it's like, hey, like, this is only 70 minutes long. Like, we can't put this, or 65 minutes. You know, we can 60 can't, minutes. Yeah. We, you know, we can't put this in in a box. Like, this is, this yeah, this is like a, a TV feature. episode. Yeah. It's like, well, f- shit, you know, like, uh, we pretty much used everything we shot. It's like, I don't care. Fill the time. Mm-hmm. So you get. Unending, which is from the trim bin. Yeah. It's shots of the actors where normally you would put um, their name underneath it mm-hmm. in the credits.
0: Didn't do that.
1: Um, Just them, no no audio, just the incredibly stupid music mm-hmm. that they wrote for this movie. Yeah. Um, as they say five or six sentences and then cut to the next hear. actor. Yeah. And then you see the antagonists i guess just wandering out in the woods Mm -hmm. and then you see some spooky pov shots in the woods where there's fog and then and then they go to the credits it's like oh my god i have never seen a more blatant example of just fucking filling time in the laziest way yeah that is like not even and you know there are some really famous examples of time wasting in movies like when i'm thinking of in particular, is uh, the movie *Lost Continent*, which appeared on Mystery Science Theater, which had um, just incredibly protracted mountain climbing scenes. Yeah. Uh, which was definitely to stretch the time, but in this case, they didn't even integrate it into the narrative in any way. Yeah, I
0: mean, at least they're trying to like you know slip one past you. Here it is, like an eighth of the movie is the credits. Yeah. And they just... of that, there is a song that is a, maybe a minute and a half long with one verse <laughs> that they just loop over that. So.
1: Yeah, like a, a catchy synth bass line. Yeah, and uh, some.
0: So yeah, go on YouTube and look for Hollywood's New Blood. <laughs> Watch, you know, the first five minutes to get an idea of what what the movie's about. Realize, Ugly people, yeah, realize, acting badly. Yeah, realize that all these characters are going to be killed. <laughs> it's really mumblecore. Yeah, all the uh Realize that all the characters are going to be killed. Fast forward to about sixty-two minutes in. And then just watch the end credits because that is the only thing that is of any note of Hollywood's new blood.
1: Yeah, and it, w- it was funny when Tim showed it to me because I was so fucking confused. I was like, what is this? What is this footage? Yeah. Like, where's the ending? What the fuck is happening? And then they cut to the credit roll and I was like, what the
0: fuck? And the song just keeps playing. Yeah. Um, it, is, it
1: is the dumbest thing I've ever fucking seen. Yeah. And literally, and the absolute most blatant example of time wasting i have yeah. seen applied to home
0: media it's a fantastic waste of time so that's i mean i don't know what we are highlighting all these moves but we're also kind of like low lighting them you know, we're yeah we're kind of throwing them under the bus here and it does kind of raise the question then about like well if you are listeners listeners would you, would you want to seek any of these out and i mean maybe you would seek them out for the same reason that we're talking about them which is they're just so i don't know obvious and inept and and shallow and um, if you're as deranged
1: as us, yeah, you might want to check them out.
0: I mean, the yeah, they do have um, but, interesting things in them. I mean, there's the soup Nazi in one, and the thing that I love about Spine is just how the the serial killer in it, he's got this like lilting, like condescending tone.
1: Oh my god, he's so fucking annoying. Well, at first so- off, he's dubbed. Yeah, and he also looks like Jim Henson. Yeah, which like is hilarious. Jim
0: Henson with like you know the mirror shades from like uh, Cool Hand Luke. And like, just and put all together, it doesn't work. But you know what they were going for?
1: Yeah. And he talks like this to all his victims. Yeah. Oh, oh, Linda, aren't you cold? Just, oh, yeah, just there very, you go. Very,
0: yeah, oh. very cloying.
1: Yeah, and it's just shut up, <laughs> God, you fucking asshole.
0: Yeah, it's like you begged to be killed just so you can like <laughs> stop, stop having this baby talk to you. <laughs> hey, Linda, this is your spine. This is where all your life is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like took- take off that shirt. <laughs> and it's it just just a weird performance? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh
1: man, there's even the 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 really good ADR in Spine though is that one um I guess she's I guess she's on the police force. Yeah. But when the the main detective who looks like a hipster in a trucker hat Yeah. um is googling the killer. I don't yeah. know how the fuck that's supposed to work in 1986, but whatever. Mm. So he's searching a database for yeah. something on the killer they have a and, mainframe, you know. Yeah, and this this woman wanders into frame, you know, to ask how the search is going, and she is so badly dubbed. Yeah. It's the most hilarious thing I've ever fucking seen. Like just the lip movements are not even in the same ballpark yeah. as what she's saying,
0: and which I have to wonder why that was.
1: Yes, yeah. exa- that is exactly what I was going to say because that kind of thing always makes you wonder, um, you know, the first thing that you think is, like, how badly did this actor fuck up? Or the production, you know, the crew. I
0: Yeah, I think they just weren't rolling on her audio. <laughs>
1: like, um, it, it would not surprise me if whoever was holding the boom mic just didn't know that you have to, like, point it at the actor who's speaking.
0: Or they just weren't rolling. <laughs> I think that probably was it. Because, uh, you know, so I, mean, I didn't that, push well, that, play record. That's, that's happened to me and, like, me and other people plenty of times like in college where it's like you go to record something, you let it all play out, and then when it's done, you hit record and you're like
1: fuck. Yes. So yeah.
0: I'm certain it was something like that.
1: Oh no, I didn't hit record. Oh god damn it. Jen. <laughs> all right, let's start, let's start
0: from the top. Uh, so. we're,
1: we're gonna record the next episode on a camcorder, Mike. <laughs> um, I don't That's feel good. that we quite did justice to fatal images. I did not do justice to it because well, Fatal um, Images
0: unfortunately became kind of an afterthought.
1: I think my brain had already run out my ears at that point.
0: Yeah, well, but, we we had gone through so many similar movies rapid fire that by the time we got to Fatal Images, we're like, okay, is this the cop? For, wait, where are the two serial killers? Which one is a model?
1: Yeah, I we didn't we didn't finish Streets of Death incidentally, uh, right. at least not in this viewing. Um, Tim and I have both seen it before on. Uh, b-movie tv
0: yeah and and you know it has a good you know action set piece at the end of you know the guy's getting killed
1: well i find it very hard to watch and that is because of the presence of tommy kirk in a small role um and i might actually have to do like a whole separate episode on on tommy kirk
0: yeah you can count me
1: out but (laughs) (laughs) um uh, tommy kirk you probably know from several um beloved disney movies he was uh the
0: or if you're a patron of us. You probably know him from Mystery Science Theater.
1: Yes! Yeah, um, he, was in, he was in movies like Old Yeller and The Shaggy Dog, but, yeah, uh, but he was... But you know him
0: from Village of the Giants.
1: Yes, when his career started to falter, he was in some really bottom barrel things like Catalina Caper, um, Village of the Giants by Bird Eye yeah. Gordon. Um, and much later in his career, actually after he'd left acting for a couple of decades, mm-hmm. uh, Streets of Death, and he's aged a lot and he is playing a police detective who was a drunkard who accidentally shot a child mhm
0: and, and he... amazingly he somehow faced repercussions for that which <laughs> i already have a problem with
1: yeah it's it's, it's, it's just not realistic i know yeah um yeah. The, um so it's really weird to see and the there are a lot of reasons why Tommy Kirk, like, stepped away from acting. Um, and a lot of it is, is rather tragic. Um, one of the reasons being that he was gay and you couldn't have a gay Disney star at the time. You just couldn't. That's
0: a, a touch ironic. Yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and, you know, he fell into projects of, you know, decreasing value until finally he gave up acting, and I think he ended up running a carpet cleaning business.
0: Man, that's harsh.
1: Um, but, you know, like, fast forward to now, and, you know, he has been inducted as a Disney legend and all that other crap, so, you know, and, you know, shouts out, Tommy, if you're out there. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Um, but to see him in Streets of Death uh, playing a man desperate to regain his old career mm-hmm. after substance abuse, which, again, is something that happened to Tommy Kirk in real life, um, yeah. He was. He heavily had something used, to draw from. Yeah, he heavily used drugs and alcohol, and he actually blames that for you know taking his career in the direction mm-hmm. that it did. So it's really rough to see him like that because personally, and you know having seen the MST episodes so many times, um, I actually find him to be a likable actor, even in Drek.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, he's no Arch Hall Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Although, again, on B-Movie TV, I saw him in another... It was like a... Sadist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was great. He was just this just awful teenager who you just wanted to get away from. This
1: hideous psychopath.
0: Yeah, this hideous psychopath. You know, Jeff just,
1: Hathcock. Yeah.
0: <laughs> R. Jr. is perfectly cast.
1: And By the end, we're like, you know, not only is Jeff Hathcock a pervert, he's also hideous. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so really, like, not only is, is, um, you know, Streets of Death is so gross that even Tim thought it was misogynistic, and it has a very desperate Tommy Kirk playing a sad role.
0: Well, I think, I mean, you know, it's fine for a movie to be, like, misogynistic, just, you know, be artistic about it. Yeah, Lars I, von Trier. Right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <see>? <laughs> Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. Just yeah. Just don't don't be a basic misogynist. Be a good misogynist.
1: You know, and I, those those last two directors that I jokingly named, I actually don't think those directors are misogynists. I think they get mistaken as misogynists.
0: Right. Because because uh, in our like, retarded media uh, criticism landscape, bad things happening to women equals misogyny. Exactly. And it's just like. Yeah, it, it it that is a that is a really shallow hot take. Exactly. That is, yeah, bereft of any sort of a uh, deeper understanding.
1: Yeah. So suffice to say, we didn't watch all of Streets of Death yesterday. Um, we ended up moving on to Night Ripper, which is a little bit more interesting. It's
0: a little more yeah. It's it's a little more cerebral.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and that was the thing that I liked about it is yeah. that I mean it is cerebral. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, my cerebrum is not here anymore after watching these movies. Hey, so.
0: we're we're grading on a scale here. <laughs> um, yeah, and spine. I just I, I just love the 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 baby talking condescending serial killer. <laughs>
1: what uh, an asshole.
0: Yeah, he he's awful.
1: That killer is a real asshole.
0: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the Norm Macdonald bit. Yeah, it's like <laughs> he, he's a, he's a real jerk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we feel safe in saying that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we haven't said a word about uh, criminally insane two. It's just it's ugh, it's just ugly. It's an ugly movie with ugly people.
1: Yeah, just watch the Red Letter Media episode.
0: Right, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's fam- it's familiar territory.
1: They actually gave they gave um, some props to that to the actress in it who had. Uh, she had a, a career as a character actress, mm-hmm. so you know she at least got the recognition.
0: That's good. And they're like, give me someone crazy and fat. <laughs> and like, have I got the Ethel for you? <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess really, we're at the core of it. We're talking about those four movies. Um, Truth or Dare really is deserving of uh, some a section. Of its own,
1: truth or dare deserves its own fucking episode. Yeah,
0: sorry, truth or dare, a critical <laughs> madness because we, we aren't talking about like the Madonna, Madonna faux documentary.
1: But we can't talk about it because it was shot in sixteen. God.
0: Oh, okay. We need to do a watched on video uh, episode. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, discussing space worms eat everyone. That one is worth checking out if um, yeah you want to just grind your teeth while watching a movie. Um, there's also things uh, Not shot on video. It wasn't. Nope. You're kidding. I am not kidding. Okay, well, then cut that part out. Um, <laughs> but, but really, um, but really, if I could get real for a second, um, please do. Yeah, uh, I mean these these movies, um, despite not being a misogynist, uh, these movies all <sighs> all are really interesting to me, and I'm not quite sure why. I I think that it's the um, sort of. Low fidelity aesthetic to them. Yes, in in that it does. It doesn't look, you know, polished or like a real movie. It looks more like, um, it. It is, um, because I think like in a movie you have a a certain suspension of disbelief, and that you aren't going to see a uh, motion picture created by you know a team of artists. You're going to see. You're going to witness a story, but. Uh, shot on video, I think, knowing that it's video and knowing that it's low budget, it feels more like you're aware of it being a um, a constructed uh, narrative. It 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 isn't something where you're you're taken along with what the story is. You are aware of the people. Making it like I feel like the creators, through their ineptitude, draw attention to themselves, yeah, maybe, maybe ineptitude is a harsh word, but that's the point um, that I'm trying to make
1: we, we can we can roll with that, yeah, with these um yeah, well, it it's mostly more in... of a matter
0: of Tim, where do you get off, but <laughs> yeah.
1: well, I don't see you making a film on a fucking camcorder.
0: I made a short on a on the pixel vision when I was younger,
1: well yeah, but and. That's also something that we should probably evoke is um, the very '80s phenomenon of kids getting their dad's camcorder and making a little video in the backyard. Yeah. Usually, some variation on Indiana Jones.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a whole. Uh, well, there's a couple kids that made like a whole reenactment of Indiana Jones. Exactly. That must yeah. be
1: that must be what's leading me to make the reference. But yeah, yeah the, the 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 video uh the very quality of video itself throws you out of the narrative yeah um
0: and yeah, it's it's like a joke poorly told i guess <laughs> um yeah it 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 takes you out of it but i guess that's the thing that i find interesting is knowing that it isn't a um a piece of media that exists unto itself like it isn't it doesn't exist in a vacuum in that you don't have to know anything about the people who made it to watch and enjoy it. You just be like, "Oh, this is a movie and the movie exists, you know, on its own merits." I feel like shot on video horror is saying there's a there's a person whose, you know, heart was maybe bigger than their brain, uh, and they just had it in them to be like, "I want to make this movie and I'm going to do it one way or another." And it does kind of feed into things like um, you know, like James Nguyen or, you know, like Tommy Wiseau, and it's saying like I don't know how to make a movie, but I need to.
1: I may be wrong, but I really would not lay money either way on um, Jeff Hathcock being a passionate filmmaker. Because I honestly cannot fucking tell. Okay. Um, There are flashes of art to Night Ripper and Streets of Death, but also just such a slapdash quality. Okay. That it just feels... It just... It just feels like filling a cassette tape in a lot of ways. And maybe that's because we basically watched two versions of the same story, like Mm -hmm. back to back. I mean, Night Ripper and Streets of Death are essentially I don't I don't care if one's about a photographer and one's about a tag team of serial killers. They're the same same fucking story. Right. Um it doesn't matter that Night Ripper, the killer is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. Like that's interesting for like 15 seconds. Also, fucking telegraphed like, well into, you know, way back in the movie. Like, I fucking... Because wasn't there a point when I turned to you and said, like, oh, God, the woman's the killer, isn't she?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, they never show you the killer, so, you know.
1: Well, or, <laughs> or it could not, be... And not in that joyous way of, like, ooh, I figured it out. It's like, oh, come on.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it may be... And I know that, like, you know, the way I presented it is a romanticized notion, but it could just be, like, oh, I've seen movies. I know how to make them. I can make a movie.
1: Yeah, and I guess what I'm saying is I don't know if it's, like... Yeah, I love movies. Or like, Mm hmm, "Hmm, this could be a way to make money. Well, you know, going back to the thing of, um, it's it's easier, it's cheaper to make a movie than to license one, right? And stick it on a tape.
0: Yeah, that is. I mean, even more than, um, uh, Jeff Hathcock's sexual proclivities. That is, (laughs) that is beyond like speculation. We have no exactly to. Yeah, we have no, no way to even, um, parse out which. What the percentages of you know art versus commerce and that?
1: Do you think he'll be mad if he hears this?
0: I'm pretty sure he's not in here. <laughs> he doesn't hear this. But I do want to give <laughs> so, a shout out to our latest and- patrons, uh, J. Halfcock. Mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, cut to across town. Hey, Jeff, this fucking podcast is talking about you.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? God damn it, I just tried to make some money. Oh.
1: <laughs> In my mind, he's like just like an, an over-like <laughs> presence with an aluminum baseball bat. It's <laughs> <Could laughs> like uh... coming to your apartment.
0: <laughs> well, what was... um?
1: Who made this fucking podcast?
0: <laughs> um,
1: I doubt he's that passionate.
0: I don't know. Well, the other thing, too, is um, if you just look at his IMDb, I don't know if it was him or someone else, but it's like... Yeah, this guy's been making garbage for thirty years. Like more power to who him.
1: You know, but again, maybe maybe he is passionate, or maybe he's just like, nah. You know, I can. Uh, I've been eking out a living and uh,
0: maybe straight
1: to video. Uh, you know,
0: production. Yeah. yeah, he's like, yeah, I can crap one of these out every two months if you need me to.
1: <laughs> you know, because um, I mean, my thing is like, if you go into filmmaking to. Make money? You're a fucking idiot! It is literally the stupidest way to try to make money.
0: Yeah, sorry um, guys.
1: There are so many risk factors to it, but um, I guess if you're making product at, at this level, um, <laughs> you can scrape out a career. Yeah, sort and of. Uh, pay your bills. I don't know. Like I, I don't know, Tim. I just don't know. That's There's why. So many...
0: Yeah, that's why Jeff Hathcock. Forget the things I said earlier. Come on our show. Tell, <laughs> tell us what your motivations are. <laughs> Um but
1: Tell th- us about your extensive collection of Milo Minara comics.
0: Yes. Um tell us about your uh uh secret hard drive.
1: Tell us about the first time you read the story of O.
0: Yes. Um
1: because you know he's read it.
0: Hmm. Uh so the point that I'm getting at is that the the medium does draw attention to the filmmaking process itself, I feel. Um so it isn't just that you're watching a movie. You're watching a movie that is shot on video and video cameras are a thing that people are aware of as a way to produce video content, um, which I think demystifies like um, the, the, the filmmaking process in that it isn't, it's something, it isn't just a product from Hollywood. It is saying, uh, you know, we bought a video camera now we can make a movie so it's it's kind of a movie made by an everyman and it's kind of made by everyone and no one
1: well and maybe the the distancing effect that we get watching these is because of the prosumer yeah <laughs> kind of I don't want to say prosumer that's a very specific term for a very specific thing yeah maybe it is the video look that is distancing um and I wonder if that's not because because of consumer grade electronics and the accessibility of the camcorder, mm-hmm. and because we mentally associate that particular look with things like America's Funniest Home Videos mm-hmm. and our own um, perhaps family home videos. Yeah, they were made in a, with a rented camera in the '80s because a camcorder was a thousand bucks at mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. Um.
0: Kind of the content wasn't the same.
1: Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing that you that you know I'm sure that all of you listening know is that um, you know one of the reasons that it took so long for video production to take hold in the film industry is because people missed that film look. And really, I think it only became viable to put. Um, You know, high def video on big theatrical screens when it became nearly indistinguishable from film. Do you agree?
0: Yeah, I mean, there is a particular look that is you know normalized, which is you know like how you know like the high frame rate never caught on Mm -hmm. because it just looks too Mm fakey. Like, yeah, people go to a movie expecting a certain um, look. And, yeah, it, like, something shot on video, it looks like it comes from a different place than uh, mm-hmm. than a film would come yeah. from. Yeah,
1: and it's something that's acceptable for, say, soap operas mm-hmm. or sports, but not for a narrative
0: yeah. most of the time. Yeah, I'm saying that in, in a weird way, um, like, you know, 35 or, like, um, you know, high-def content comes from, you know, Hollywood. It comes from... industry Mm -hmm. but anything other than that has to come from somewhere else because it doesn't look like it comes from the place you think it does
1: maybe it comes from a guy who secretly kills women right yeah making movies yeah why not (laughs) um i mean yeah like the
0: the the example that i would point to initially is um the like uh montage uh, interlude in raging bull raging bull is all shot in what black and white 35 except for their home movies that are in, like, you know, colors. Super 8. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, yeah, there's are Super 8 color, and it shows this isn't the movie that you're watching. These are the mm-hmm. home movies, and you can associate a particular format with a particular uh, context, like a, a lifestyle or a point in time. So in the same way that if you shoot a, a movie on horror, or if you shoot a movie on uh, on VHS or on video, it's going to be different than a movie that's shot on film. It's like the same thing that you pointed out at the top of the episode about 28 Days Later. Like it does, like the video format has this um, uh, sort of verite quality to it that it's like, it isn't like you're watching a movie. It's more like you're watching a series of events. Mm-hmm. And um, if we wanted to... Just as a brief tangent, talk about um, you know like District Nine. Like they do a great job of that, and that they use you know a lot of it is like sort of documentary footage, a lot of it is news footage, mm-hmm. some of it is security camera footage, and all that media has associated with it a particular context. Um, Thirty-five just happens to be you know the context of a Hollywood movie, so in a way it kind of becomes like a format without a context. It's just saying this is the movie look um so if something is um shot on video or if it's shot on VHS or with a camcorder or something it looks like it came from somewhere else
1: and maybe that kind of indirectly led to the flowering of found footage horror
0: right you yeah know,
1: starting with uh with uh, blair witch famously yeah. and less famously i think uh, last broadcast
0: yeah yeah like it doesn't look like it came from hollywood it doesn't look like it's a movie it looks like it came from somewhere else and uh, even before um you know, last broadcast or um or Blair Witch the thing that i i strongly love and recommend you know our our listeners to seek out this would have been a contemporary of shot on video horror it was um uh, Trent Reznor had made a um, a video companion film to the broken ep uh, and I say it's an EP because I told a, a friend that Broken is my favorite Nine Inch Nails album, and he's like, "Broken is an EP; it's not a an album." Um,
1: <laughs> so I put his head through the drywall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: he was he was right, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but uh, it was it was a collection of videos um, uh, held together by a framing device of it being the home movies of a a sadist serial killer. Um and it itself shot on video, I mean the 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 videos for you know each of these sequences are you know shot on film and various media, but they're held together by this one, um by this one videotape. And the amazing thing about it, and this is all stuff you can find on you know Wikipedia or Nine Inch Nails wiki, um is that you know, after they'd initially um you know Trent and whoever else was who was producing it, like when they saw this, they're like. Well, a the label's never going to let us release it because it is beyond the pale. Um, B
1: yeah, that's the one with Bob Flanagan, the yeah yeah. guy from Sick.
0: Yeah, B we can't release this film because it's going to completely overshadow the album. Sorry, EP. (laughs) Um, It's not a
1: music podcast. I won't. I won't give you a hard time. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, and it does because the the film itself is just is. Absolutely arresting. Um, So what ended up happening, and this is like, this I find the most delicious part of the release of this, is that they made bootlegs of it. And they had bootlegs with like different parts cut out, which was canny because then you could find out who was leaking these tapes. But it became this thing that if you knew someone who knew someone, Maybe you could you know send twenty bucks to some guy in Ohio and you'll get a tape back with a broken movie on it, and who knows which generational copy it was, or like how bad the quality was, or you know which copy you're getting with what parts cut out, but it became like this you know sort of mythical you know video object you know this sort of um, you know found footage before found footage was, was even a thing, and yeah it all shot on video you know without any credits you get a you know you get like the backwards end to indicate that it's nine inch nails and that's just like you know over it's, it's distorted over the video but other than that you're watching home movies of this you know ed Gein character who I mean, kidnaps this guy and basically like tortures them to death in like the worst possible ways interspersed with some nine inch nails videos it's pretty sick it is amazingly yeah. sick. Yeah, it, it's, it's brilliant.
1: And I think you all can understand how fucking cool this would have been pre internet. Yeah. Like the very, um, the unavailability of it. Yeah. Makes it that much more interesting.
0: Yeah, it wasn't a thing that, you know, you can just, you know, Google it. I mean, yeah, you can now. And for a time, um, a, uh, a user with a particular, um, username um you know hosted a torrent on the pirate bay of the like clean version of the broken movie so there is and it eventually got taken down um you know fairly soon after it was put up but there are pristine copies of the broken movie floating around if that's what you want but um when i introduced it to jen we didn't watch the pristine copy we watched you know Broken .mp4 that I got off of LimeWire in like you know 2000 because like that that feels like the way that it's meant to be seen. It is this you know weird like compressed just grungy video that you got from somewhere. Yeah, and
1: which you also don't downloaded along with the uh, weird owl underscore fish heads dot mp3
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that, that famous weird owl <laughs> yeah, song, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah this is before uh how many of
1: y'all remember Kaza? <laughs> yeah
0: this is before grace note um yeah and, and there is that's i guess like the point that i'm getting at is that they're the great thing about uh shot on video horror is that it is it exists outside the the mainstream i guess to, to make kind of a cliche phrase um, it exists outside the mainstream, and it does exist in its own particular space. I think that you do get, like, I think that a lot of the appeal of shot on video horror is because it exists outside the mainstream. Not all of it is great, as we've you know gone through the uh, you know the body of uh, Jeff Hathcock.
1: I would say none of it is great.
0: Right, <laughs> but. The the point being that it is an interesting format, even if, ironically, the format it is a format used by people who aren't going to utilize it to its potential. (laughs) (laughs) Short of the broken movie, the broken movie is a perfect example of you know form and content, you know, um, elevating each other.
1: Well, to put it crudely, that was made by a real crew and.
0: Right, yes. yeah. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> these, yeah, so you can. I feel like these were, um, like the kind of thing that we were talking about where we're pieced together, you know, by,
0: right, yeah. And amateurs. I don't, yeah, and I don't know the guy's name because, yeah, the, um, I forget, like the guy behind the broken movie is, you know, he's one of the, um, you know, professors at Cal Arts, and I would know who he was, except I didn't get in, so whatever, doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> they didn't deserve you. For real. I just have one question, though. Yeah. Doesn't it make you feel better? Yes. No, wait. <laughs> no, wait. No, wait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, there are a lot of, um, God, I don't want to say interesting. Uh, shot on video is a peculiar format with, for some peculiar content.
1: I'll say. I mean, a lot of these are available on YouTube. Um, the ones that we did find, I th- didn't. Actually, the 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 main four that we talked about in depth, those were all. Those were all. Those are all on YouTube, right?
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Spine is. on- I can probably
1: link you guys to them.
0: Yeah, spine is on YouTube. Streets of Death, Night Ripper, um,
1: Fatal Images, Fatal
0: Images, uh, Hollywood's New Blood. Uh, we didn't seek out um uh what crazy fat Ethel 2 uh last slumber party you can find that on Rift tracks and please seek that one out because that is a trip <laughs> um what else uh roller gator is not horror although it's horrible yeah uh and truth or dare um yeah definitely seek that one out even yeah, though I think that with one... the caveat that it's not shot on video
1: well that one actually did make it to uh, the next generation of home video. I believe it is on DVD because, and it, it, like it's yeah, a mindfuck. Yeah, that mind fuck. Yeah, we, that should, one, be, you, yeah, we you, should probably make an episode about it because it's fucking funny as hell.
0: Yeah, and you can find it for two bucks on Vimeo to rent.
1: Oh, can you? That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, shot on video and not on video. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, this is really only um, touching on an a facet of shot on video, because um, I feel like there are so many other things that we didn't get to. It's fine. Yeah, well. Oh, because the other thing, too, and this is really something um, to talk with uh, Mary Death uh, about is um, uh, I think his name is Andreas Schnaz, who does he's a German, like, gore director, and his stuff is shot on video, and it's it's, um, It's extraordinarily gory Cool Yeah So and and he You know I think he Um Exists As an auteur Within the Sov horror Genre Like you can't just Lump him in with just like Oh it's a shot on video Like he has a particular Um Just like Ultra gore Aesthetic That is Kind of All his own Shit Yeah Why didn't
1: we talk about him
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha,